Greetings and welcome to Let's Talk About Books, baby, where we talk with your favorite LGBTQ authors. This is Anita Kelly and my guest today is the, I don't know, multiple award-winning author, Aurora Ray. Hi, Aurora. Hi, Anita. Thank you so much for having me on. Hey, thanks for coming on again. It's, it's great to talk with you. Likewise, I feel like I haven't talked to you in forever. Although I, I see you on Facebook all the time, so that kind of counts. Yeah, it does. I was just saying last night to someone, Facebook's kind of weird because you you have these relationships with people that I, I don't know. Like, but then when you meet them in person, it's like, well, you really don't know them. But you know, I don't know. It's a weird thing. It is. I think. I think depending on the person and kind of what they put on Facebook, you sometimes get a fairly authentic sense of who they are sometimes less so i i think i'm a little goofy and awkward and nerdy across the board so <laughs> same here so <laughs> so aurora um you have a new release called I do. the last place you look can you tell us about that sure um it's it's not really a second chance romance, um, a little bit maybe more of a reunion romance. Um, one of the protagonists, um, Julia, left her small town, um, you know, kind of as a college student, moved to New York City, um, got married very young. Um, that marriage falls apart about 10 years later and she's forced to move home because she didn't really have a career. She supported her wife's career. And so she moves home. She moves into her grandma's house and takes a job at the family winery and bumps into a high school friend, Taylor, who's never really left. She owns a woodworking business in town. Um, Taylor's always harbored a little bit of a crush on Julia, but they were never more than friends. Um, and just when you think maybe they'll hit it off, Julia decides that she needs to be a little bit of a rebel and do a lot of dating. Um, and Taylor doesn't work that way. She doesn't want to be a notch in Julia's bedpost. And so she kind of agrees that they're going to be friends. Uh, but as Julia stumbles and fumbles through the world of dating, uh, Taylor swoops in and comes to her rescue and kind of inadvertently signs on to be her wingman, um, kind of helping her navigate the, the trials and tribulations of dating. Um, and so obviously they start spending more time together and... As with all romance novels, fun and good things happen. A few bad things happen, but mostly good things. Okay. Well, I haven't. I don't think I've gotten to the bad things yet. <laughs> <laughs> there have to be some bad things, right? <laughs> I hate bad things. <laughs> so, but I guess it all works out in the end, right? Uh, that's my favorite thing about a romance novel. You know, without a doubt, you're going to get the happy ending. Absolutely. Yep. It's one great one thing you can always count on. And I think in these times that I count on that more than ever. Yeah, definitely. Most definitely. So um, when was The Last Place You Look released? It came out in April. Um, was available everywhere kind of mid-April from Boltrusk's books. Um, and it's available ebook, paperback, as well as Audible. Wow, so it's only been out for a couple weeks, really. Yeah, it's still, it's still relatively new, kind of making its way in the world. Okay, have you, you know gotten any feedback heard anything yeah I mean I think I, I've had some really lovely reviews um it means so much when readers take the time to reach out and say that they enjoyed a book or that it resonated with them um you know I think a few people it, no book is ever going to please everyone a few people thought uh Julia was a little 
too down on herself, but I think it, for me, it came from a place of kind of knowing what it's like to feel rejected and like you've lost yourself. Um, so I don't, I don't mind some of, uh, that, that feedback, but I think it, I've had some really lovely, um, lovely comments that have, have made it feel worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I think when people, um, think something is too much one way or the other, maybe they, um, just really can't relate, can't, you know, empathize with that person. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's, it's funny, like sometimes, you know, the, People, people just are, they gravitate toward different things, even within a genre like romance. Some people love, love, love the super angsty, super high drama, so much tension kind of stories. Um, and when they read mine, they're pretty disappointed because I tend to be a little bit fluffier, uh-huh. a little bit lighter, because that's that's what I love to read. I You have to have some angst. You have to have a little bit of drama to make the story feel worthwhile, but I tend to keep it a little bit more on the fun side. And so, you know, it's, I think, I think that's one of the nice things about there being so much lesfic out there these days um, is that people don't just have to read whatever's available with lesbian protagonists. They can actually start to find the types of stories and characters and settings that, that they enjoy and that really speak to them. Yeah. There's plenty to go around. Right. And, and a little bit of something for everyone. For sure. Yeah, yeah, no, and and that's exactly what I love about your books. Uh, um, like, there's so much I don't know tension and anxiety in everyday life that you know it's uh, I love the escape. Um, you know, I, I'm not so fond of those books that cause anxiety. You know, uh. <laughs> I don't even like like drama, like movies. Like, I I, I need a rom com, like. Even a really good drama is like I have to psych myself up for it because it just I feel it a little too much probably. Yeah, so. me too. Me too. Mm-hmm. I'm too uh, I don't know <coughs> too intense or I don't know. <laughs> so it just doesn't work. But um, so while I was reading, I'm, I'm probably a little over halfway through um, <clears throat> the last place you look, and I absolutely love it. So far, it's just. Um, I can't put it down. Um, well, thank you. I promise I won't spoil it for you. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I think I know where they're going, but, you know. <laughs> I wanted to say, um, you know, I'm uh, a friend of yours on Facebook, and um, I know Ruby, your your truck, right? Your red yes. pickup truck. It's like a Ford 150 or something, right? It is. It is. Okay. So I, did Ruby make her debut? She had a little bit of a cameo. Uh, Taylor drives a red Ford F-150. Taylor hasn't named her Ruby, but um, it's definitely Ruby's little cameo. Much like my tractor birdie got her cameo in Recipe for Love. Um, It's kind of fun to sneak in like little aspects of of life. Um, I do that with pets sometimes. A couple of the pets in my books have been named after um, pets of my friends and, and animals that I know. It's uh, it's just kind of fun for, I think, authors to get to play around with that a little bit. That is fun. That's great fun. Yeah, I was just reading someone else and, and they talked about, I think, a dog. And I know in real life, that's really their dog. So uh, <laughs> that was fun. So, so this book, right? Um, 
I, I always read acknowledgments in the front of the book, and I don't know if a lot of readers <laughs> do that, but I always do. Um, and I, I think it gives you insight into where the writer's coming from and, and you know, maybe just what's going on in the writer's life um, uh, related to that book. So mm-hmm. in your acknowledgment, you said that, um, now I'm paraphrasing um, that, <laughs> something to the effect that this book kind of paralleled your life somewhat. Um, and I'm wondering, did you intend for that to happen or did it just kind of unfold as you were writing? Um, I mean, I think there was a little bit of intention. Um, I, I propose books before I write them. Um, I don't do super detailed outlines, but I have a general idea of who the characters are and kind of what their their arcs are going to look like before I start writing. So um, I definitely started writing The Last Place You Look shortly after um, a, a long-term relationship ended um, and had the realization myself that I've been in a couple of long-term relationships in my life. But, you know, the first of them started my sophomore year of college. Um, oh, you were young. So I was, that was, you know, that was like 13 years. And then my last relationship was, was a little over six. And so I never really did the dating thing. I just like never had that experience. And so I made a point of throwing myself into that world, um, to have the experience. I knew I didn't want another long-term relationship immediately. I sort of needed to do some, you know, some self-discovery and kind of figuring things out but I wanted to, to sort of see what that was like and maybe have a little bit of fun. And, and I did, I had some fun. I had some misfires. I had a couple of train wrecks. And I, I think, I think sometimes those experiences, they can be good learning experiences. They can also be a little bit, I don't want to say traumatic, but, uh, they can, they can be intense. Um, and so I think finding the humor and the lightness in them and finding a way to sort of convey that, that lived experience in a story is one way to write a, a, an authentic story, but also a way that you know that you're going to be able to connect with readers because you know that kind of experience isn't yours alone. Yeah, so you were very much like Julia in, in the uh, book. <laughs> Yes, or I tried to be at least in some ways. All right. So, um, in, uh, in the book, I I Mm -hmm. don't want to give too much away, right? But Julia has some not so great dating experiences. Mm -hmm. So, so that paralleled some of the experiences you had in real life. Yes. I was able to pull from personal experience a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So because it was so personal, do you think... Like, was it more difficult to write or did it make it just that much easier? Um, I mean, I think, you know, scenes like bad dates, like it, it, I was far enough removed from the actual bad date to sort of find some humor in it. And, you know, I think in most cases, even when dates go badly, neither person's a bad person. It just, you don't click, the circumstances aren't right. Like there's just there. And so I think being able to take it all with a, a grain of salt and a little bit of humor is good. Being like writing that was fun, right? Like it's the idea is to sort of like get some laughs, appreciate kind of the, the sort of comedy of things that go so badly sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes it can be hard to write 
like the the harder emotional stuff if it's paralleling your own experiences but I think for me it's a little bit cyclical that um like I think you you can write more genuinely if it's something that that sort of you you feel connected to and that you something similar that you've experienced um but at the same time writing it is almost a version of therapy and that you actually get to work through the emotions you get to sort of have characters maybe make mistakes or say things they regret um but you actually then you have the lovely sort of power to to make it go the way you want it to mm-hmm. they get to have ultimately the insights that maybe you had too late or you know that that sort of took you a lot longer to come around to um and so um i think you get to sort of figure out kind of how how you feel and sort of what's going on in your own life by writing a version of it for your characters it's it's cathartic right that's a great word for it absolutely yeah it sounds like it so so were there other ways that this book paralleled um things in your life um i mean i i live in upstate new york um i don't live quite where this sort of fictional town of Kenota is is set but um i love upstate new york it's an amazing place in the summer um you know, having fires, staring at the stars, like those are things that I sort of really enjoy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a couple of the the better dates, mirrored dates I've gone on, some of the better dates I've gone on, a couple of them are dates I haven't had yet, but really want to have. Um, so I think there is... Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to that. So... <laughs> so... So some of the dates in the book are dates that you would really like to have in real life. Is that what you're saying? Yes. I'll own that. (laughs) (laughs) But you're not going to say which ones. No, I'm not. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So um, anything else besides the fires and and being in upstate New York and and being uh, outdoors? No, I mean, I think, um, you know, I think the characters are their own. They're not me. I'm sort of not on the, I'm not on an identical journey. I, uh, I'm not currently living happily ever after with Taylor. Um, I think one of the things that I like about writing a story like that is that I can take some aspects of my life and then also weave in, um, some aspects that maybe I wish were true. Um, Julia starts the book with kind of a reluctant relationship with her family and it grows um, and develops over the course of the book. And I, I didn't grow up here. My family's all still in South Louisiana. Um, I love them. I'm not super close with a lot of my, my relatives. And so to actually be able to give both of those characters families that like lived in town and that were close um, and kind of a part of their daily lives was, was really fun and something that I don't have sort of the way my life has played out, but like the idea very much. Yeah. Yeah. I can, that's cool. I, you know, um, I, and Julia, right. Her family owns a winery. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So is that, how does that play in your life? Well, I mean, I'm a wine drinker. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I notice. um, 
quite a few people have um, incorporated the wine business into their writing lately. Um, I don't know. Is well, that- here, here's the thing, Anita. Sometimes you choose to write about things that you'd like to immerse yourself in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so what is it that I'd like to research much more closely than, than I have? Um, and I think, like, for me, like, wine and food are always go-tos. Um, mm-hmm. I considered going to culinary school. I had a cake business for a while in my life. Like, um, I, I don't have a winery, but I love visiting them and kind of learning about them. That's always going to be probably my jam more than, say professional sports right which I enjoy but don't know if I sort of have the the wherewithal to immerse myself to do it well although I have thought of trying to do a lesbian bull durham I don't know if that could work but that would be awesome it would be fun right um I think you know choosing like the winery and the you know like in Taylor's a woodworker um I I have sort of started learning how to build things I have a couple of friends who are really talented. I have a friend who's a chainsaw carver um, and who builds things and, you know, is is sort of teaching me all sorts of things. And so I um, saw on Facebook, you built a beautiful deck. Yeah. He actually helped me with that. I don't think I could have managed it all by myself, especially the footings, but it is, it needs to be sealed, but it's officially done. It's getting inspected next week and hopefully sort of passes muster with the local code enforcement officers. Awesome. Um, and then there. I'm hoping to spend much of my summer there. Nice, nice. Well, you did a fantastic job. <laughs> Thank you. So um, are you telling me then that you really could have been the cake boss? <laughs> you know, I was never quite that good. Okay. Um, But I did do, um, it was always a side hustle. I never quit my day job because I'm risk averse. But I I opened a small one-woman cake shop. I had a kitchen in my basement that was, like, certified by the health department. I did wedding cakes. I did, you know, I've done a cake of Fenway Stadium, um, sushi boats, cartoon characters. Um, And it was really fun, but I... I was good, but I wasn't cake boss good. And so that was always a little bit of a struggle. And it was also really, really stressful, you know, to deliver someone's wedding cake. If, if you mess it up, like it's a really big deal. Whereas with writing, like you, if you mess it up, your editor is going to help you fix it before anyone sees it. You're not going to ruin anyone's day. Yeah. It's more like (laughs) a team thing, right? It's a team thing. It's spread out over time. There's not sort of that, I mean, you have deadlines, but like showing up at five o'clock on a Saturday evening because someone's wedding reception starts in an hour. Oh, the pressure. I never delivered a wedding cake that didn't make me like honestly think I might throw up. Yeah, I can. I can understand that would be very stressful. Yeah. And there's no do overs. There are no do overs. No. Yeah, I can understand. But it was definitely more than just a hobby for you, though. Yeah, I contemplated it as sort of a, as, as a big business, but it's, um, I think any, any job in, in the food industry is hard. The hours are brutal. It's, you know, it's hard physically after a while. The, the profit margins are, are tight. And, you know, I, I liked doing things from scratch and doing things kind of intricate and custom. And like, I, I don't ever want to think about doing the math of how much I like earned per hour <laughs> it or would lost. Be <laughs> right so um you know I think for me it was never 
um, you know, it, it became apparent that it was probably not ever going to be a full-time thing. And I, I went through, I relocated and didn't have a commercial kitchen for a while and was kind of struggling with trying to find one. And then I, I did my first national novel writing month, um, and realized I could actually, I'd always wanted to write, but realized I could actually finish a book. And writing is a much better side hustle for me than baking ever was. Okay. And when did you do the National uh, Writing Month? When was that? Um, I think I did it in 2013. So yep. Not, not so long ago. Not so long ago. I set it aside. It actually, that project became probably more than half of that project became built to last. Um, oh, what a but, great book. Oh, thank you. Um, but I did it and I realized that like I could have a writing discipline and actually finish a long scale project. So I started, I started Winter's Harbor like that January and finished it and submitted it in September and, and got signed with Bolt Strokes and Wow. It's been a very exciting five years. Wow, that's awesome. And so was Winter Winter's Harbor your first published novel then? It was. Okay, all right. And then um, that was, um, I don't know, what do you call a series of four? I don't know. I don't know if there's a word. It's a, even, even then, it's kind of a loose series. Um, the characters overlap, but the books are kind of, I didn't intend to write a series when I started. But then I wanted to go back to Provincetown, so I got a little carried away. Oh, not at all. It's, <laughs> it's a great series. I love it. And the setting is just perfect. Because it's Provincetown, and you can't go wrong with Provincetown. No, you can't. Not at all. Um, that's cool. That's great. So do you, is that it then? Just um, the four in that series then? Yeah, for now. I mean, I, I have a hard time imagining I'll go my whole career and not write another book set in Provincetown. But um, I'm sort of enjoying dabbling in, in upstate New York. And I the, the book I'm working on right now is uh, set in a, a small town in South Louisiana. I'm kind of going back to my roots. Oh, cool. Um, and so this is the, your work in progress right now? Yeah, I um, I actually I just finished some edits on a, a book that's out in October. I did was working on on a joint project I'm doing with Jamie Clevenger, but my sort of current work in project work in progress, excuse me, um, is a book that's going to come out next spring, and it's called You Again, um, and it is definitely a second chance romance. It's high school sweethearts that. Um, broke up and one of them sort of has left town and is coming back oh that's cool that's great and and that's due out in um october you said no that won't come out till next spring in oh. october um i have a book called twice shy oh, okay. um, coming out it's um a, a couple of characters who are a little bit older both divorced um meeting and, and falling love. it's in the same town as the last place you look um, the, the upstate New York mm -hmm. um, town called Kenoda that I <laughs> have, have been crafting in my head. Okay. Um, is it really a Kenoda, New York? Yeah, it's not really a town, um, but there are a lot of um, like Native American. Um, yeah, the the Cayuga tribe, the Onondaga tribe. And so a lot of the town names um, come from that, and so it was sort of my kind of researching, you know, words and, and things like that that it came from. Um, so but, will we see some yeah. of the same characters? Um, you'll you'll get to see the characters. Um, Julia 
one of Julia's friends over the course of the last place you look um, is a character named Amanda. And so this is her ah, story. Okay. I remember. And she's a baker. So, you know, yeah. gotta, gotta go back to the bakeries. It's sort of my nod to the movie. It's complicated. Um, okay. Which uh, is, is one of my sort of go-to movies in part because Meryl Streep, but also bakery porn. Uh, okay. Uh, I, I can own that. Um, but it's really fun. She, um, she has, an ill-advised one night stand with her ex. Um, and it's, they don't get back together, but it sort of reminds her of kind of who she is and what she wants. And it opens the door to a new relationship. Oh, that's nice. That's great. I can't wait to read it. Oh, thank you. I'll make sure you get a copy. Well, thank you. So um, your work in progress is set in Southern Louisiana. And um, does that, like, do you bring in uh, places from your youth or, um, like, family traditions into that book? Yeah, it's definitely going to be a way to indulge some of my childhood memories, some of my favorite things about South Louisiana. Um, I, I grew up in sort of a, a small, medium-sized town. Um, the, the town that I'm, I'm giving these characters is a little bit smaller. Um, but again, because of the magic of fiction... Um, it it won't be super progressive. It is South Louisiana, but yeah. you know it doesn't it doesn't need to be a, a homophobic town. Um, and so it's kind of fun to pull like memories and things that I know and things that I love that are real and true in South Louisiana, but then also sprinkle it with some some good queer love. Oh, cool! That's great. Yeah. So is it um, outside of? New Orleans or is it like in, in another section? Yeah, it's, it's funny. The town I grew up in is, is about halfway between Baton Rouge and New Orleans. Okay. Um, and so that's sort of like geographically what I think about. And if you go a little bit south of that, you're still kind of between those two main cities. Um, but you get into kind of a more rural Cajun. Um, it's kind of like it's sugarcane country. Um, there are a lot of farms, some oil, oil refineries too along the river, but um, I think I'm, I'm really enamored with the sort of like rural and small town feel of stories right now. And so this is a way to kind of bring that to, um, kind of where I grew up. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Like I, I love your depiction of, of New York, upstate New York. Like it's just like, um, you know, uh, I've been up there and, and traveled visited wineries um and Mm -hmm. it's just uh i mean it's just gorgeous um and uh and you do a really good job of of bringing that home to me thank you i i appreciate that a lot i definitely think of setting as almost another character in the book um whether it's a real place like provincetown or new orleans or or a place that you've made up but sort of the feel of a town i think that's a, a lot yeah that's interesting to to look at it in those terms that, you know, the setting is another character um, because you have to develop it, right? Just like you would any character um, and, and give it some depth and um, style and personality. Yeah, for sure. You want people to, to be able to imagine themselves there and have a feel for it. Um, and, and I think there are a lot of ways to do it. And I think you can actually, there's some really amazing stories that could almost happen anywhere. And, and I think that's great. I just, um, 
I don't know. I think I places always has a significance to me. And so I think it, it almost always features prominently in my books. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wasn't, um, what was your last book? Um, that was in upstate New York too, right? Um, Oh, I'm drawing the blank. Yeah, I did Recipe for Love, which actually wasn't the last. I, I set a book in England after traveling to England um, a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, Recipe for Love was also set in upstate New York. That's the um, one I'm thinking of. Uh, she's a uh, She owns a farmer, like a CSA. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. That was great. I love that one. Well, thank you. So, so, Aurora, if you could go back in time, right? Yes. And, and... <laughs> look at your younger self, what would your younger self tell you? Like what, what would you need to know now? Like, what would that be that your younger self could kind of enlighten you with? And you would be like, Oh, I, I need to know that now. Like, I wish I would have known that. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think, it's funny, like, I think I was thinking of it kind of the other way around. What, what advice would I give my younger self with my current wisdom? Um, but I sort of like the idea of, like, what could my younger self come and, like, remind me of and sort of shake me out of? And I think, I think as you, as, as we get older, sometimes we, we sort of settle into routines and sort of accept things as the way they are and kind of our life is the way it is. And I think, you know, to, to imagine, to remember that time when anything seemed possible and you kind of had your whole life in front of you, I don't think that feeling needs to go away. And I think as we get older to sort of remember that it's never too late to try something new or go in a different direction um, or to like have a wild and crazy dream that you're not sure you can pull off. Like it's good to remember that even as we, kind of get older and more settled in our ways. No, you're right. You're right. And I think um, one thing, you know, being uh, quarantined has taught me is that um, as I've gotten older, I've uh, really gotten away from living in the moment. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'm always one step ahead. I got to do this. I got to do that. And this has kind of forced me to just be in the moment. And, you know, I had a great light night last night just laying on the floor for probably the first time in forever watching TV. Like, I never, oh, lay, yeah, I never lay on the floor. Who does that, right? That's awesome. <laughs> uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, and that's what, you know, you do when you're young, you know. You just plop down wherever and um, so... Yeah, it's cool. So, so let's let's do that in reverse. And what would you tell your younger self? <laughs> um, I, I I think about this a lot because I'm I have a really good therapist, and I'm trying to like work on myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think I think one of the big things that I am finally like I you know I I think a flip a switch gets flipped a little bit when you hit forty. I'm in my early forties now, and I think. Um, like I'm like, I'm trying to be less scared of everything and intimidated by everything. Um, whether it's, you know, sort of confidence or, um, kind of going after something, I, I sort of have this running joke. I, you know, I've never been super confident. Um, you know, I'm confident in my you know, intellectual abilities. I was always a nerd, but like, you know, to sort of put yourself out there in the dating world, for example, um, that 
like life's too short to kind of not be happy with who you are or not be happy with your body. Like to just be okay with yourself oddly passes for confidence, which people find really attractive. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's a complete irony that like, I wish I'd known at a much younger age, but I'm happy to sort of be settling into now. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. And you did say, um, earlier, uh, that you were risk averse. So, um, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I say yay for therapy cause that's, that's my day job, right? That's what I do. <laughs> so. Mad props for, for all the good counselors out there helping us figure it out. <laughs> so, um, so what else is happening in your life? What, what would you like our listeners to know? What's going on? Well, I don't think your listeners need to know about my relatively boring day job that is now Zoom meetings all day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in and out. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm actually, I feel really fortunate that, you know, in these really scary times when so many people are struggling, I'm, I feel really fortunate to have my little house kind of out of the way, um, to be able to work from home. Um, I feel f- fairly secure in my, my job. And it's nice. Um, I... I'm working on sort of having a good routine and some boundaries, but I'm working and like waiting for, for spring upstate New York is always a little bit slow to finally uh, hit spring, but you know, enjoying that, getting my hands in the dirt and um, you know, just being grateful and being really grateful for readers, obviously, but also kind of that online community that we have, I think, whether it was the, the bold strokes virtual bookathon or some of the other virtual events that are happening, the way that, you know, readers and authors get to interact on Facebook. It's just, it's sort of nice to feel that kind of community when we're otherwise kind of isolated. So hello to everyone out there. And, you know, thank you for listening, but also thank you for just being there and, you know, helping it feel like we're all in this together. Oh, that's awesome. That's nice. Nice to hear. So, um, I think that is all the time we have for today. Um, I want to uh, thank Aurora Ray for being with us. Um, I'm Anita Kelly. And uh, thanks for joining Liz Talk About Books, baby. And until next time, may your journey be lighthearted and peace be plenty and be safe, folks.